Next Invest is an entrepreneurial startup based in Edinburgh. We're in the alternative investment sector and we're here to make your next investment your best investment. Listen in and enjoy. Hi guys, how are you? What podcast that was, by the way. That was amazing. We are the Next Invest Podcast. This is episode two. We're joined today by the four team members. I am Ian Niblock. Jordan Stoddart. Jamie Curran. And Richard Curran. Thanks very much, guys, for joining us today. So today we're going to talk about search engine optimization, SEO as it's called. We are a cash-poor, idea-rich business with high energy. Uh, So we need to keep the cost of our traffic as low as possible. And a good way to do that, drive traffic to the site, is through search engine optimization. Exactly. Um, so the idea of search engine optimization or the ultimate goal is to rank in Google high on your se- on searches for certain keywords. Mm-hmm. A keyword being a word or a concept that is very relevant or a great significance to the context of your business. So in next and best case, that would be things like Alternate finance, mm-hmm. uh, investments, what else? Peer-to-peer opportunities. Many bonds. Many bonds. So that means fundamentally if somebody types into Google many bonds, that the next invest site would appear number one in an organic search. Mm-hmm. Hopefully. Ideally, yeah, that'd be great. Well, the keyword is essentially then something that somebody might search for. Mm-hmm. Keyword is a bit of a confusing term because you know it's obviously a word and what's key about it you know the key about the word is that it's a search term so it's easier just to say search terms that's what i find anyway that's how i think about it yeah and i suppose uh, ultimately there's an unquantifiable amount of keywords mm-hmm. that you could possibly rank for and the importance is how competitive are these keywords? Because all the other businesses are probably thinking along the same lines as us. Yeah, so it's a trade-off between how competitive is this keyword and what sort of traffic is it going to get me for mm. ranking well in it. And then you look at the trade-off like, oh, this isn't worth the effort or this would be. Mm. And that's like a really hard decision to make for businesses, especially starting off. I mean, how would, how do you do it? What kind of tools? I mean, Google, presumably. Mm. Google is a really good tool. It's search the, volumes. Mm-hmm. Search volumes. So on the Google uh, AdWords tool, there's a keyword planner. If you can type in any keywords and it gives you the amount of searches in a month. Interestingly, I did that myself and uh, got a bit distracted, as you do, after typing in a thousand different keywords and I typed in porno <laughs> for the for the UK and 185 million people in the UK searched the word porno which I thought was quite staggering. I thought, yeah. you, did, I thought you did that in your URL bar mate. There's a whole extra letter than than porno and uh, Google has this automatic you know um, broad searches. The, yeah no but it fills in the rest of the word is well, autocomplete that's what you call it. So why would you why should you type in porno rather than just porn? You mean, Looking for the Urban Welsh book. Looking for the Urban Welsh book. Is that <laughs> right, Ian? I was, I was testing. So basically what we did was we got... Just on a um, side note there, they've also got an extra 100 million people. They only are 80 million people in the UK, so... But they may have searched multiple times. Yeah, they probably did. Like, not a good enough result. That's, that's a, that's a, um, that does actually uh, hone in on a, on a key part of the whole keyword 
uh, strategy though. When you when you're making up when you're discovering, let's say your keywords, uh, you want to look at all the different variants of your keywords. You know, so you do have um, the colloquialisms and the dictionary words you know there's all these different things and some people even take it as far as looking at misspellings mm -hmm. um, but you're probably better off spending your time focusing on the longer tail keywords than you would be on things like the misspelling mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. given that having accurate spelling on your website is also a ranking factor for Google this is a uh, this is a, that's a really good point rich this is one of the things I think about a lot when it comes to keywords and um, some people at the very start if you're launching a business yourself you want to define which keywords are most important to you. And above all else, the keywords that will be most important to you will be the commercial ones where people are searching for a particular product or service in such a way that they've defined their investigations as leading on to a commercial proposition. So they want to buy something, you know, so where can I invest for the biggest return is the sort of keyword that next invest would mm -hmm. really target a longer tail keyword that defines that person's objectives much more than what is alternative finance what do you guys reckon yeah, yeah. De definitely investment for high return or where can i invest my money these are sort of long tail uh, keywords that we were we're going to try to identify mm -hmm. and uh, maximize yeah and interestingly actually what we discovered On. is that the bulk of the traffic for the keywords that we're investigating was coming from brand terms mm -hmm. of the underlying businesses so alternative finance being quite an immature market it's a growing rapidly it means that people perhaps don't fully understand alternative finance yeah. if they type that into google there's not that much there's not many people doing that but the underlying brands for example zopa funding circle or wellesley and co there's substantial okay. amount of traffic driving so we took the decision on that basis to try and come up with a strategy to attract um people searching on these terms mm -hmm. and the way that we've gone about doing that is by creating content the content related to the underlying businesses and both myself and Jordan have been writing content related to these underlying businesses for the past week we've been writing bibles <laughs> bibles of content which is yeah it's, pretty, it's integral to to get these keyword searches within that content as well it helps us index with google but also it's uh, it's good for the profiles so when people are searching they can find uh, pretty much everything they really need to know about mm -hmm. these underlying businesses, which is the intention with the company we, we now have. It's to uh, inform people about these companies and then uh, hopefully they click through and can make the decision whether they want to invest or not. Mm -hmm. So that's a really good point, Jordan. Richard and I, when we first saw the efforts you put into developing that content, were really chuffed, you know, really chuffed Thanks, because mate. it was such it's excellent <laughs> content. And, you know, you've defined how you're going to go about it by looking at keywords, seeing what people are actually investigating, getting really useful information for them. It's like the page and the content itself is of real high utility. And it's not in a cynical way going after search traffic, but in a helpful, informative way. Um, that actually, like we were saying in our previous podcast, helps demystify yeah. the world of alternative finance. I think you probably agree as well, Jamie, that it's it's not just writing this content for the Google Spidey bots. We're 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 talking we're talking to people here, so it needs to be, um, you know, really quite personable. It needs to be fluid, which is which can be a bit of a challenge when you're writing about other companies. But, yeah. But um, it's been it's been interesting. Well, content. It's been very interesting. Uh, content and keywords are very related you know, obviously, because uh, you're going to be using your keywords in the content. Mm -hmm. But a lot of people use keywords to inform their content, which um, we haven't really done. Uh, we haven't taken the 
the uh, keywords that we've discovered by doing the research and then specifically mm -hmm. gone out and written articles to include those keywords. Mm -hmm. It's much better and what we've discovered works much, much better, makes a much more natural uh, sounding and reading uh, piece of material is to write it first and then use the keywords to uh, sanity check or, mm -hmm. you know, to, to just see, am I, on, am I on topic? Am I talking about the things I want to be talking about? Have I mentioned the things I meant to mention at the start during this article? And uh, use it as a as, as a like secondary mm -hmm. um, to the process rather than as the primary part. Which of the underlines a lot of the our, our, all of our goals with Next Invest is to be a com company of substance that has a purposeful objective, um, and instead of just writing things in a cynical way to attract traffic, but actually going out there and making content which will be best of the best, mm -hmm. because we want to be finishing. Uh, on, when people finish reading an article of ours, they want to think this is the best content I could get on that subject and it answers all of my questions. Yeah, okay. and that, uh, that's kind of backed up by a meeting we had yesterday with Mike McGrail from Velocity Digital, who is an expert in SEO and uh, digital marketing in general. And he said, these days, it's not uh, a couple of years ago, you would write your content with loads of keywords in it for Google to... Uh, Google <coughs> algorithms to go through and pick up the relevant content, but now you need to write content for the user, firstly. So you need to write good, engaging content that people actually want to read. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, and then further from, from that, so we're going to be building up this content and we're talking about thousands, tens of thousands of uh, words on different topics within the internet of investment sphere. We've also got to build up links and backlinks. I mean, I'm not an expert in the SEO, but Rich was explaining the importance of, of, of links. Well, links are how the internet works to a large extent. And it, you get links from other websites linking to you, and obviously that has a very good SEO value. But Google also understands um, websites by their own internal linking structure and the site architecture and the way you, the way you arrange all of your content. So it's really important to to think about. Well, I mean, you need to you need to concentrate on the piece that you're writing at the time, but you need to also have a broad view so that you can see how this fits into the overall website and what it relates to and what things relate to it, and then link from that page to the other page, and that informs Google of how your site works and what you're trying to tell people who are visiting your site. So the whole thing combines together. I mean, first off, you've got the keywords, then you make your content. Then you've got lots of content, you need to make it all work together. And that's where site architecture comes in. Yeah, I thought there was quite a nice analogy you used uh, last time we met, and it was about blogs. Now, if your site just follows on from a blog, so it links from the one post to the next post to the next post to the next post, Google is not stupid. Google sees your site as a blog, first and foremost. So you need to kind of spread your content throughout the site underneath the kind of umbrella um, homepage. Yeah, so you need to have a um, objective of being having high utility. So you need to make sure the content you're creating is crafted for a particular arena. So if it's for the website, it'll have to be different from the blog, um, which means that if you're writing things on your blog, you can have the opportunity to be more discursive or talk around certain subjects a little bit more. Um, but that can't be the only place that you add content to your website. It has to also be, as Richard was saying, following the architecture 
uh, which delivers you to a certain product at the end of the day. So if you're looking for more information about peer-to-peer -peer investments, um, we don't want to just uh, service blog results on why these are interesting or what's the most uh, significant or profitable or enjoyable or interesting peer-to-peer -peer investment, but we also want to have the actual peer-to-peer -peer companies featuring tops. So all of our efforts would be with regards to pushing those particular pages of the product on the actual website higher rather than an endless stream of blog posts, which are good and helpful in and of themselves, but content is about so much more than just blog posts. Yeah. As we said at the top of the podcast, the because we're just starting out, SEO is important to us, but we're not going to get the majority of people visiting our website through SEO. We're going to be doing, we're going to get it from a variety of sources and SEO becomes really important to us over the long term and, and right from the inception of the website to, to the current point at any point down the line in the future. We'll be looking at how we performed over the entire piece and from the very start we've got it set up so that the um, things that we're talking about are the right things and the way that we're talking about them and the images we use, the links that we provide, the videos that are in there as well and the words and content the whole content is is for that topic and then that they all relate to each other and they're growing in the right way on the website so we start off with the home page then we have a page about alternative finance which links to different companies that operate in the alternative finance industry and each one of these things links through to relevant different content pieces on the website itself so um, the SEO strategy is really it, it, well nowadays a lot of people talk about search engine marketing SEM strategies rather than SEO because there's a lot more to it than just optimization. Op optimization implies that it happens at the end like oh I've got a, I've got a bucket of, of good stuff here let's optimize it uh, whereas our strategy is, is a far longer term thing and it's to do with how we market the website market all of our content so it's more of a search engine marketing <laughs> yeah. th thing really. I think that's quite interesting about the market the content as well because we've talked a lot about the SEO and how we're writing good stuff that's the intention but it's how do you get people to see that stuff particularly when we've got limited funds we're not doing paid search etc uh, so I think a key thing that I also took away from the Mike McGrill meeting yesterday was about um, influencers and uh, so content's all good and well getting people to go and see it is a little bit more difficult so what we're going to try and do in the coming weeks is uh, contact these influencers people in the industry who are experts who can not only talk about our product and help us out in that respect but validate the content because we could sit here and churn out content that we think is absolutely amazing and um, because we're obviously all experts mm -hmm. but we need that validation and particularly with social media these days getting engagement and getting organic traffic is so tough yeah. so getting some sort of influencer uh, someone in the industry who can talk about your product and actually validate it and the end goal hopefully is that um, their followers their traffic will also see the quality that we're offering and uh, come visit the website yeah people, people have a very Wayne's World type attitude to content, don't they? Where they think Which that one? if they just build it, then they will come, you know? <laughs> and um, it really is important to do everything amazing. You know, that's one of our key core principles is to do everything amazing. And um, that doesn't guarantee that anybody's gonna look at it. So it is really important then, once you've got that amazing stuff, to bring it to the influencers or bring it to people <laughs> Yeah, I almost feel like it's an online PR service that you need to do. I mean, offline PR might be contacting newspapers, online PR to myself is, uh, and now they're kind of intrinsically linked, but 
online PRs, contacting bloggers, trying to get them to reference back to your site. And that also helps SEO as well through LinkedIn. Now, traditionally, SEO SEO has kind of changed over the last 15, 20 years or however long Google's... Uh, ex- last 40 years has changed 40. dramatically. Yeah, <laughs> it's existed. <laughs> it's here. Uh, where before you could, it was just the sheer quantity of links and you got somebody sitting in India just building sites to link back to your site to show Google that you've got a prominent site. Now, it's not the case that time. Now, you've got to uh, get links from quality sites and Google has some kind of ranking mm-hmm. for authority, domain authorities. Yeah. So you've got, your, you've got a variety of signals that Google uses to value the, say, let's use the word weight of your website. And if you can get links from weightier websites than yourself, which are still relevant and on topic, then that's a really good thing. Uh, less so links with a, a lower domain authority, so let's say less weighty websites are not quite as significant for you. Uh, a little bit just to go back to what Jordan was saying about it was so helpful about influencers is that um, you know it's not a, just a cynical term for someone who's got a lot of followers on Twitter which in and of itself is meaningless. We know and all of our listeners know that your follower count means very little mm. but the truth is like a lot of influencers do truly understand and know their customers, know the people who reference with them, they're in their sub demographic, they know who they are and um, they understand that customer and if we can speak to the influencer um, and get some added context and value back on how we can improve and make our content more effective then that's amazing like we all love that sort it's, of tr- it's a tremendous shortcut as well to take because you know you could getting a sample range from a survey for example a thousand people you might get three percent and how quality uh, you know how qualified are they um, to to really validate what you're trying to say it's difficult but if you can get to the top route sort of the, uh, the, the horse's mouth, if you like, um, of that influencer who does have the trade secrets and knowledge, then it's ideal. A lot of people become influencers in their industry after they've already become an expert. It's quite easy to look at things like the SEO industry, for instance, and say, oh, look, they're a great influencer. But a lot of that can be um, more superficial uh, because compared to say the alternative finance industry where somebody might be an influencer but have very little of an idea about how search engines or the internet or anything works they just happen to have a twitter account and then they are such an expert so you know for instance if you got mark carney to talk about our our website Mm -hmm. then it would be a really fantastic boon um or the bbc yeah but they wouldn't necessarily be uh they'd be an excellent platform and have a lot of listeners but they wouldn't necessarily have the credibility mm-hmm. that Mark Carney comes with as the governor of the Bank of England um, and this is the thing with experts um, and, and who makes an expert and defines an expert you know anyone can call themselves an expert and anyone can call anyone else an expert and we might not all agree with each other but the truth is that um, if you're an influencer then that's a definable quantitative thing that you mm-hmm. can't put a label on yourself as an influencer mm-hmm. you know you have connections and you have an audience of people who are interested and engaged with this topic and you influence them in a particular way. That's an influencer. Yeah. So it's and a there are a lot street. of them. It's a two-way street. If, somebody, if we get um, an influencer to talk about what we've done, then we'll use that as feedback to improve on what we've done as well, which means that the customers or the clients or people come along and reading it at a later date will get more value from it and they'll like it more. And as a result of that, 
then we'll have a better performance on the search engines too. So the whole thing mm -hmm. feeds back into itself. So people listening to this might wonder what's in it for the influencer. Um, and, and you know, oh, so these guys are starting a business and I'm trying to get some tips on myself. What can I take away from that? Well, an influencer will work for you and on your behalf if there's a payback for them in terms of credibility and reputation. So if you're going to be in a subject matter or working on in an industry where you're going to be so good that in the future you will be seen as an authority, then influencers are going to want to be associated with your brand and with your work and with your efforts. So if you can prove to them that you're legit, then they want to help you. So it isn't a question of how, but more a question of yeah, and these guys are Making online journalists quality. as well. They need to. They, these guys are bloggers. They're looking for content. It's similar to newspaper journalists. They need to write about stuff. So you can kind of gear it up that way by potentially offering exclusivity. Mm. So to summarize our SEO strategy, I think what we've um, uh, decided to do is we've done a keyword research. Uh, we've fed that into a lot of content. We're going to go quite content heavy with the the site. Rich and uh, Jamie are going to have a look at the site architecture and make sure that the URL structure of the site is correct. And then further, we're going to promote it off-site as well. Mm -hmm. So yeah. we're going to contact the influencers and drive them back t to the site. Now, that is that is kind of our uh, plan going forward. Google, uh, hopefully Google will like it and we can, we can rank up for these exactly. keywords. Exactly, but then just to underscore it all is that... Um, our objective is not to do well on Google, but to do well for our customers. And we think that if we can do that effectively, eventually Google will notice it too. Absolutely. And, and search engine marketing or search engine optimization is all the process that really starts to, uh, starts to lead up to the real marketing. And uh, Jordan will really get his teeth stuck into the marketing, the business, where if everything to do with search engine marketing or search engine optimization is correct and in place beforehand it makes everything else so much easier yeah i'll get my teeth stuck right into yeah. that yeah. and a little bit just to finish off on the point about um, influencers and our great our audience um a lot of that is relationship building yeah. and you know this is also a buzzword that you'll hear alongside the same people that say content but what they really mean is just being a nice guy, providing value to other people, mm. and then there's a trade-off they give you it back. And oh, if you can do that over a period of time, then you develop a great reputation. That's something anyone in business should do. CRM. CRM. Or just pay them. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so to round up uh, today's podcast, I'm just going to read out some market updates. We've had quite a lot of activity, particularly in the alternative bond space, so mini bonds in particular. So just to clarify, a mini bond is often an unsecured loan note effectively that's not tradable on a market similar to a retail bond or a corporate bond. So we've had Providence bonds that are issuing tomorrow. So that's the 19th of June offering 7.5% four year term uh, and they use the funds on factoring. So that is to buy invoices from businesses needing capital quickly and then sell them back at a premium. That's a really high return. That's really 7.5%. Mm. Well, interestingly, they had a bond that was released in November last year that was 8.25%, same term. So they've obviously had quite a bit of success, mm -hmm. and now they've reduced their um, seven point, down to 7.5%, which is quite interesting because it's kind of, well, was there actually strategic thought in that 7.5%? 
change or did they actually just decide let's cut the rate a little bit well it makes sense either way really mm. Mm. it's a great uh, idea they've done well mm. i like providence so uh grind bond is number two so crowdcube i've got two bonds uh, listed now these guys are hipsters coffee shop in shoreditch they've got six shops around um London now they're offering eight percent targeting uh, fundraise of seven hundred and fifty thousand. They sound like businessmen in disguise. <laughs> they're kind of uh, similar to the Brewdog style. I felt like they've got a nice little video up, and it's all kind of hey, come and hang out in my coffee shop in Shoreditch and uh, drink espresso martinis. So you think that'll get a lot of local activity compared to say a national campaign like Brewdog, who've got a tie-in no matter where your location is. Well, I think interestingly, people are quite captivated by coffee and just the marketing in general. So, in my opinion, like so the Providence bonds might be more of a secure uh, investment because there's actual tangible stock or inventory and the invoices sitting behind it. But with the grind bond, you're investing in a coffee shop, so it's maybe not more. It's maybe not as secure, but right. then you're also getting that emotion, emo- yeah, the motive, you get so. that emotion, and that's what you kind of get on these crowdfunding platforms. Not bad for the 8% on top of it. You know? yeah. Are you more likely to invest after you've sampled one of their coffees, or from Brewdog after you've sampled one of their beers? Well, if you get them pissed, that makes it a lot easier <laughs> yeah, to invest. Yeah. Well, it? interesting, I mean, they're offering perks, so I mean, if you invest £500, you get 10 free coffees or cocktails. Wow. Hey, that's not bad. Yeah, it's well, quite cool, well, isn't Bre- it? We should speak to these guys. Or invest uh, 5,000, you get 10 coffees and you get an invite to their uh, Grind Bond celebration party. So, quite cool. I imagine that party would be pretty good to justify it. Well, they've raised 383,000 in just uh, like four days, so it's pretty impressive what they've, what they've done. Well done. Congratulations, uh, Grind Bond. There's, a, there's another one, Bertram Bond. So this is a nursery group in Edinburgh, based in Edinburgh, actually. So Scotland. Oh, oh. Shout out. Good shout idea, out to great the guys. idea. Uh, so they've got 36 nurseries, and they're trying to grow to 80 nurse- nurseries in uh, Scotland and the north of England. They're raising up to 3 million. Again, 8% at four-year term. So that seems like the magic number is around 8% four-year term for the mini-bonds. That seems really topical along with recent election pledges to increase childcare support, especially with the current system in Scotland as it is being really high. Um, that's the sort of idea that has a lot of legs. I can mm. see how that would work. Yeah, they're main, mainly growing through acquisitions. So they're acquiring other nurse, nurseries and then uh, centralising the, the functions, for example, HR and finance to try and cost uh, to, to add some cost cutting eight well, percent uh, is a is a big number again but these things aren't really competing with each other so much as that that's just the going rate for what they look to invest the money in it's quite good being able to see what they what they plan on spending the money on and how they intend to grow as part of the overall investment that's that's a really good thing about well that's the bank. positive about all uh, alternative finance isn't it the transparency yeah. seeing mm-hmm. the money and having control Especially when it's investing in uh, kids' nurseries, oh, course, I mean, it makes you feel, feel right, quite good. Nurseries, coffee and business, yeah. yeah. But interest- boxes. interestingly, I mean, people don't seem to care as much as they do about the coffee because they've not raised as much money. So, uh, 192. Well, 10 free coffees for five grand, I mean, come on. <laughs> <laughs> it's all about the party, that one. It's all about the party. Oh, well, if you, if, you, if, you invest, uh, 20, if you invest 10 grand, you get unlimited drinks at the celebration party, so it sounds quite good. Oh, whoa. 10 coffees, maybe. Yeah, so that's it. That is the the market news. We've got uh, three new issues this week, which is quite uh, active in the mini bond markets, and that is the end of the podcast. Excellent little news feature. Thanks for that, Ian. Cheers. Thanks, Thanks, listeners. listeners. All right, guys.
follow us. Yeah. Follow us. Like, share. What is it? Like, comment, surprise. Surprise. Like, comment, surprise. Like, comment, surprise, guys. This is the next invest podcast. Thanks very much. Cheers. Bye, bye.